Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com as well as rate, review of iTunes. It's not 
something personal. So whenever I say the Quran delivers, it means this revelation from Allah Azza wa Jal, including the Quran that we read and including the, the Sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, which came in a different format. So we started with the Surah Iqra and we mentioned this was the initiation of the, the message. So initiation starting of the prophethood that Muhammad وسلم, now is a prophet, is a messenger. Then we talked in Surah Al-Muddathir and we showed that right from the very beginning Allah was preparing his prophet messenger Muhammad وسلم, to be able to carry this message. This message is a message that will last for until the end of this life. This message was not to be terminated at the time and the death of Muhammad So this message is a huge, this message is big. The consequences, the responsibilities, the duties are enormous. So Allah made very important preparation for Muhammad We talked about that in Surah Al-Muddathir. Then in Surah Al-Qalam, Allah, where again there is a difference of opinion among the scholars, which comes first, which comes next. So we decided based on some variations that Surah Al-Qalam was after Surah Al-Muddathir and we talked in six different sessions how uh, the uh, Prophet ﷺ was facing the new obstacles in the society. Uh, he has a new message, a new idea, a challenge to the, uh, to the ideas of kufr, to the ideas of shirk, meaning people are uh, worshipping more than one God, they are not accustomed to the concept of that there is one and only one God. So he was challenging them with this type, with a new idea, and there were lots of obstacles. Today we will go over Surah Al-Muzammil. And Surah Al-Muzammil is very similar to Surah Al-Muddathir. In fact, in the title, Al-Muddathir and Al-Muzammil, they mean the same thing. They mean the same thing. Al-Muddathir is the one who has taken cover, he's covering himself up, let's say you are sleeping and you put the blanket on top of your body, including your face, Muddathir. Al-Muzammil, the same thing, in fact, this, is, this comes from Al-Muddathir, from Al-Dithar. Al-Dithar is a piece of cloth that you cover yourself up. Al-Muzammil is the same thing, is the piece of cloth, they call it Al-Zamil or Al-Zimal, that you take uh, and cover yourself with, so that you simply, uh, uh, as if you are hiding, as if you are uh, trying to take some time for yourself, as if you don't want to hear or listen or even think about what is coming up. So, they, both surahs, they come almost with the same type of call. Ya ayyuha al-muddathir, ya ayyuha al-muzammil. Ya ayyuha is a call. And the one who is calling is Allah Azza wa Jal. It's called Ya, which is in Arabic called Adat Nida. And ayyu also is another. And Nida means it's a, it's a means for calling. It's a means for addressing. And ayyu, it is also another mean of address. So it's two means of addressing someone or calling him Ya Ayyuha Al-Muzammil which means the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Allah Azza wa Jal is calling him up as if he when he was calling him Ya Ayyuha Al-Muddathir Ya Ayyuha Al-Muzammil what is it that you want from him the one who is calling is Allah Azza wa Jal the one who is being called is Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he is being called with this name or with this with this action that he had done and of course, and we will mention this, that when the Prophet ﷺ came from the cave where he used to 
to sit and ponder and think about this universe, about this life, about what's going around them, what's the society of Mecca, how they live. And we know the story that for the three years preceding the message, the prophethood, preceding the, the, the receipt of the revelation from Allah Azza the Prophet ﷺ used to spend one month in the cave of Hira. It is a cave on the outskirts of Mecca. Uh, and the narration say it was in the month of Ramadan. Now, Ramadan was not a month of Ramadan as we know it. It's not the fasted month, but it is one of the months of the year. So this is the time when the Prophet ﷺ used to take time out and go and spend one month. And during that month, what was he doing here? He was sitting, thinking, pondering. And pondering about what? Pondering about this society of Mecca, the corruption that goes in Mecca, the oppression that goes in Mecca, the chaos that goes in Mecca, this worshipping of idols that doesn't make sense to Muhammad He never worshipped any idol. All of this, he used to think about that. But he did not have a way, a method of coming out of this mess because you need a revelation, you need guidance from Allah And he did not have that. So he used to go and ponder and think. And then, as some of the Mufassirin, they say, as if Allah was preparing him for this new message. So now he gets the revelation, he gets the, uh, uh, the, the visit of Jibreel he comes and tells him the story of Iqra, which we talked about at length. Now, out of all this new scenario, the new episode, the new thing that happened in his life, he comes home, he doesn't know what to do, he's uh, uh, obsessed with the new notion of being a prophet. He doesn't understand the issue of prophethood. He doesn't even uh, know the consequences of that or the scope of that. So we just say, okay, let me just take a nap. Let me take a sleep. Let me just forget it for a second. And in the midst of that, whether now he was sleeping at the time when the, when the ayah, when, when this surah was revealed, or Allah is calling him with this name as the Prophet says, used to say, the best names I ever had was Al-Muzammil and Al-Muddathir. Because this, he calls it as names Allah gave it to him. So Allah calls him with this name. And the Prophet says, one, some of my most beloved names or things that I would be called with is Al-Muzammil or Al-Muddathir. So Allah called him, Ya Al-Muzammil. Now, what is being called for? Doing what? As in Surah Al-Muddathir, he starts with Qom. Ya ayyuhal muzammil Qom. And Qom, and we talked about this at length, stand up, stand. Now, stand up, it's not that you are sleeping, laying down, and stand. The word stand up, it is stand and take a position. Stand up for something that is not right. Stand for all the corruptions and the mischief and the uh, wrongdoing and the evil that's happening in the world. In Mecca, you have to stand up. So, when someone calls me to stand up and take a stand, say, take a stand, take a stand and stand up. It's not that you are sitting down just to stand, let me see you. That's not the issue. Well, means there is a mission that requires you to get up. There is a mission that requires you, requires you to be standing all the time. There is a mission that wants your attention, complete attention. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ, after these calls have come to him, he told Khadija says, Ya Khadija, laqad walla ahdun nawm. Allah had called me and there is no more time for sleeping. This time to rest 
and time to sleep and time to, to get away, it's over. Now, thinking about what was coming ahead from his perspective and from our perspective, seeing what was actually, because we see the whole picture now, we see that Muhammad was up to the Kuffar of Mecca, was up later on to the Persians, up to the Romans, up to the Jews, up to the Christians, up to the Munafiks, up to those, those people who were not able to comprehend the fact that there is a God, there is a creator behind this universe. They were not able to comprehend that this Godship must be one. They were not able to comprehend that even if you accept the fact that there is God, then this God must be your Rabb. Must be the one and only one who can legislate, the one and only one who can provide laws. They were not able to comprehend all of these, and so the Prophet was to stand up against all of those. He had to stand up in order to propagate the da'wah all the way through to the extent that we today are, are believers. So that call of Qom, that was not a light call, that was a very heavy call, very serious call, and the Prophet was up to the challenge. Was up to the challenge. Qom. And then the, as in Surah Al-Mudathir, he says, Qom fa'alhir. Then he told them what to do, stand up and start warning the people, start giving this message of Islam. That was in Al-Mudathir. In this surah, he did not tell them, stand up and do what? He told them to stand up and this stand means what? So he says, Now, he said, stand up all night, except maybe for a very little bit. Now imagine if he's asking him to stand up all night, that means the daytime is always, he's up too. So he's standing up the day, he doesn't tell him stand up the day because that's imminent. When I tell you stand up all night so you don't waste time at night, that means it's the night and the day. So it's, it's needless to say that the day is always is also full. And then he's giving this details. Half of the night. Or maybe a little bit more than half. means just reduce a little bit from the entire night. So stand up the entire night. Or half of it. Or from that half or that totality, just take a little bit off so that you could sleep. Or maybe more. So it's covering all the range. Half, a little bit than half, a little bit more than half, a little bit more the entire night. So, which means really that this whole night you have to be up doing something. Now, remember that at that time the Quran was not completely revealed. And if the narrations are correct the way we are following, you had from the Quran Surah Al Alam, Surah Al Muddathir, Surah Al Qalam, and this surah is just coming up. So there is not much of the Quran being revealed. So to stand up all night, because when you go to the tafsir, you will find that when you stand for tahajjud and to read the Quran. Now, if you are standing most of the night, if you had the entire Quran with you, then we understand that you will be reciting the Quran, reading it, and then going. But then, if you have only three surahs, or maybe if, so according to some other narrations, there are a few others, but not much. Maybe in totality, there is 100 or 200 ayat. That's all you have. So standing up all night, 
then you would think that this Prophet and later he talks to the Sahaba will be doing the same thing with him. It's looking at this Quran and looking at the consequences of this Quran, what to do with it, Look, looking at all the meanings, all the implications, and all the type of challenges that he will use with the Quran. So it's not just I got this ayah. And then what? Then what? Just keep reciting it for the whole night. It does not fit in the mind of a Muslim who thinks what this Islam is about. There is in this notion, as we said, the one who deserves to be a Rabb is the Creator. Then, who else does not deserve to be a Rabb? Then you have to look at all the so-called Arbab, Abu Jahl, Abu Lahab, uh, the elites of Mecca, uh, the idols, uh, Amr bin Luhay, the one who used to be called Arab of Mecca, the uh, Persians, the Romans, the rich, the elites, the, the tribal leaders, all of these cannot be Arbab. And why do the people take them Rabb? They have not created, they were not able to create. So it is pondering. So he's standing up all night, pondering, thinking, uh, uh, try, uh, seeing the relation of these ayat. Because, again, just think of it. Only few surahs were revealed, and standing up all night doing what? So now today, sometimes, especially when it comes, I remember when, during the taraweeh comes, and here we stand up behind the imam, and we start reciting our Quran, and I mentioned this uh, example about the guy from Turkey, the one on Google, they put him the fastest imam ever, so he read the taraweeh, entire 20 rak'ah in less than two or three minutes, and the Muslims, they beat him up after that because they were so so mad at him. And if you go to Google that on YouTube, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. You know? That's not the way, I mean, you, to stand up all night reading the Quran that manner. That's not the, the issue. So here Allah is directing Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I want you to stand up all night for this deen. This deen requires from you all, all your emotions. Now your emotions, and your mind, your brain sometimes work best at night. When you are alone, when you are standing up and thinking about uh, uh, the, uh, uh, these things that you want to read or recite or think about, uh, the light is, there is quietness, there is calmness. Uh, you ponder, you think, you look at all scenarios, all possibilities, what you want to do, how you want to approach the next day, how do you plan. All of this is important. And uh, uh, needless to say that many people uh, they, when, when they want to do plan, they say, okay, let's take a time out and go to a remote place where there's nobody. They, of course, in this country, they go to a resort where they drink, and then after that, they, they plan all the plans they want. And here Allah Azza wa Jal is telling us, telling Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya ayyuhal muzzammin, um al-layla illa qalila, nusfahu awunqus minhu qalila, aw zid alayhi, or maybe more. And then he says, وَرَدْتِي لِلْقُرْآنَ تَرْتِيلًا رَدْتِي Now that is, Part of the preparation also, preparing Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on what to do for uh, this coming mission. وَرَدْتِنْ الْقُرْآنِ uh, Al-Qur'an, as I said, have not been, has not been revealed in its totality. It's very few of the Qur'an being revealed. And Al-Tartil, what we know it today, when we say this is Tartil versus Tajweed, this is part of reading, uh, 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 reading instructions of the Qur'an. How do you read the Qur'an? And the, if you go to schools of how to read or recite the Quran, recitation, so there is a method of tartil. And tartil is 
to read the Quran according to certain order and instructions, which uh, many people know that. But at the time, again, think of it this way. At the time when this was revealed, the, as I mentioned, the Quran was not revealed in its totality. There is not much of there. And the issue here, it's not the instructions of reading the Quran. It is, it comes from the word al-ratil. Al-ratil is chunk of things. Like in, in, in Arabic, they use this word ratil or artel to indicate a group of uh, army vehicles, especially in army military vehicles. They say ratlun min al-dabbabah. It's ratil, a group of tanks, a group of vehicles, a group of people, ratil min al-nas. So ratil, Ratil is group by group, it's grouping. So here the Quran is not really talking about the recitation, although the recitation of Tartil is a notion which we understand and we agree, and that has its own implication, but not this one. This one, Ratil Quran, means this Quran will be given to the people, will be given to the people in chunks, in groups. It's not going to come as a whole book which is called this Qur'an. So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this notion to him, he should not expect this Qur'an to come to him as a big, one big piece, one big book, and go, go and publish it and tell the people this is the Qur'an. That's not going to happen. Allah Azza wa is giving him this notion right from the very beginning that this Qur'an is going to be partitioned. It's going to be bits and pieces. Uh, and there are other indications, other explicit, more explicit uh, uh, places in the Quran where Allah says, Quran farraqna, we made it, uh, we split it, we split the Quran uh, in different uh, quantities or different portions. Here, the same thing, it is this time where you will be given the order that you will be providing, first you will take this Qur'an and you will provide it in Ardal, in Arabic. Meaning, group this Qur'an and putting it in Ardal, just in Tartil, just like the Ratil of tanks, just like the Ratil of vehicles, just like the Ratil of a uh, group of people. So Ratil means uh, grouping. So group this Qur'an in groups as it is being revealed. So that is the notion here, right from the very beginning, that the Qur'an will be given in bits and pieces and chunks and it's not going to be given in its entirety. And later, as I said, the Qur'an <coughs> explains why. He says, because Allah wants to fix things, to fix your hearts. And we will talk about it at the time when we, when we approach that ayah. Now, all of this for a purpose. Now, Allah is preparing all of this. Why do I have to stand up? Why do I have to stand up all my? Why, why, why all of this? That's We will descend upon you. From the word as if we are throwing something or revealing or descending down. When we say alqa, uh, something you take it and you throw it. You take it, you give it, or you give it with a push. We are giving you, we are providing you with a heavy word. Qawl means word. 
Faqil heaven. So Allah is describing this Quran or this mission, this message, because the Quran, Allah says, The Quran is very light, it's very simple. It's not heavy. As when you read it, when you recite it, when you go through it, but the implication of the Quran, the mission that comes out of the Quran, the message that Muhammad is going to receive is heavy. Heavy in, in, in what sense? Heavy in the sense that it will be challenged by many people who are powerful. And this will be also indicated in this surah. Heavy in the sense that it takes a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of uh, uh, hard work in order to, to, uh, to go through it. Heavy in the sense that you must carry it and you cannot let it go. Because if you are carrying anything, anything, if you carry it for a long time, then it becomes heavy. So imagine you are carrying your laptop bag, which is very very light. Once you take it, it's light, but if you are carrying it for one or two hours, it becomes heavy. Heavy because of the long journey, so you are carrying it all the way through. Heavy in the sense that you cannot let go. Heavy in the sense that you have to, to recruit people so that they can work with you. And by all means, it is not a light message. And heavy because this is something meant for the entire humanity. It's not only for the Arabs, it's not only for the people of Mecca, it's not only for the Arabian Peninsula, it's for the entire world. As the, the last ayah from Surah Al-Qalam, when we had it, وَمَا هُوَ إِلَّا ذِكْرٌ لِلْعَالَمِينَ This is a dhikr for the entire world. So right from the very beginning, Allah Azza wa Jal is telling Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I am giving you a message for the entire world. ذِكْرٌ لِلْعَالَمِينَ Not the world, the worlds with a plural. And we talked about that at length, the significance of this being a plural. So it is heavy. So when someone, if I give you a message, say, take this message and send it to this group of people that say, and I sent a message, okay. But then when I, if I tell you this message or this letter, I want it to be distributed to all messages in Chicago. That becomes a little bit more heavy. But if I say it has to go to all messages in America, but then if I say this must go to all Muslims of the world, 1.5 million, oh, come on, that's too much. So that's too much, especially today when we talk about, let's say, building uh, uh, something work for Islam. So if you want to do, uh, let's make a charity, collect some money in order to help uh, the refugees in Syria. Uh, you scratch your head, okay, we can do that. We have few doctors, few people who are willing to do, we can. But then we'll say, but you know what, there are the people in, in uh, Myanmar. There are about 400,000 ones, also they need some, some help. Oh, that becomes a little bit more difficult. Then you say, oh, no, no, no. You still have to go for people who are in the, in the subcontinent in India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. They also need some. And then in the Sahara, Africa. And, and then you say, no, no, no. There is about 1.2 billion poor people in the whole world. They need to eat. Then you say, it's too much. That's heavy. So when your message extends to the entire humanity, be it to remove oppression, be it to remove the poverty, be it to remove the, the idols from this world, be it to remove the systems when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa he has this notion later on which is uh, to, uh, given to him by Allah azza wa jal that هو الذي أرسل رسوله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله He has given him this deen with the truth, with guidance so that it can dominate and can prevail over all other religions. Come on, this is too much. 
That is too much. If it was only for Quraysh, it is much better. Because Quraysh were so, so uh, uh, opposed to this deal of Islam. They were so stubborn against this Islam. So we know that, and it's heavy then. But imagine if you have to stand up against all so-called Quraysh like the Quraysh people, the Jews in Medina, the, as I mentioned, the Persians, the Arabs. Listen, it is absolutely heavy. So Allah Azza wa Jal is warning Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and preparing him, Inna salulqi alayka qawlan thaqila. We are bringing down upon you and giving you a mission, a mission and a message that's absolutely heavy. Don't underestimate it. And that is, of course, Allah Azza wa Jal is talking. That's not me or anyone else. So it's not sometimes, oh, just take it, you will be okay. And later on, I will tell you, oh, you know, you will find out that it's absolutely difficult. No, Allah right from the very beginning, telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, don't make mistake. This is a heavy thing. This is not light. And remember in Surah Al-Qalam, when last one, we, when, when Allah Azzawajal told him, well, fasbir, fasbir lihukm rabbik, wa la takum ka sahib al-hud, Make sabr until the victory of Allah and the hukm of Allah comes and don't run away. Don't run like the Yunus dead. So there is there will be all types of reasons that can can push you to, to, to let go of this deal. There are all types of reasons and obstacles that can face you. But be careful, be make sabr, continue to do whatever you want, and right from the very beginning I'm telling you this is a heavy thing. Of course, does Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam have a choice? He's chosen as a prophet. Allah azza wa jal does not choose prophets and messengers who tell Allah azza wa jal, no, I don't want the messenger. Because this is a process of selection. Allah azza wa jal selects uh, from his people the best he knows. So he's not going to select someone who will say, you know, it's too much for me, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to take it. It doesn't work like that. So Allah azza wa jal, he selects Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for the job and he tells him this is a heavy duty. This is something heavy. And that goes for us now. Now when we talk about the da'wah of Islam, we say we want, you want Islam, the mission of Islam to propagate. You want the mission of Islam to dominate. You want the mission of Islam to prevail. You want to follow the footsteps of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Brothers, don't think it's light. This is not something light. It is heavy. It doesn't mean, heavy does not mean Impossible. Heavy means you have to do hard work. That's what heavy means. It's doable because it's from Allah Azza wa Jal. But it's not something like this. Is not something that you, it's, it's it's not like uh, it's not like a picnic. It is something that requires dedication, that requires commitment, that requires hard work, that requires this type of notion that this is. Something that Allah Azza wa Jal wants, and it's a challenge. There is lots of challenges here. And then direction to Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, how do you deal with it? Okay, it's something tough, something heavy, something. What do you do? Then he gives him this direction. He's saying, the night, the night is the best time, is the best time for this guy. Well, how is it the nice? Aqwam, aqwam qila, aqwam means the, uh, the best in standard. 
the best in standard. This is what we say. It's something قائم uh, straight, the most straight, which is the most uh, uh, the most relevant, the one that the most productive. أقوى مقيلة and قيل from the word the the uh, for the liquor. In fact, in the in the tafsir, say أقوى مقيلة. Qila means the liquor. It's something the best production you can get at night. Production of what? And the, of course, at the beginning in the Nashi'at al-Layli, Nashi'at al-Layl, Allah Azza wa Jalla says, the, when the night starts dragging, Nashi'at al-Layl, the beginning of the night, right after Isha. So usually, you enter the night at Maghrib, and the night starts getting darker and more severe, and imagine the night in the desert. Don't think of the night in, in Shabbat or Chicago, where it's all the light, sometimes there is no difference. Now, although at, at the end of the day, it's, uh, it would be the same. But now, imagine the night where, where in the desert, when there is no lights, no electricity, nothing. So the Maghrib comes in, the sun sets, you start dragging, you know, prayer Now after that, it's all absolutely dark, it's ab absolutely, uh, uh, there is no, a sense of light whatsoever around. So it's very heavy. So in the Nashiat al-Layl, he ashad duwaqa. So when the light starts getting in, it becomes, that light becomes heavy. Ashad duwaqan, al-wata'a, it means it's like when you are stepping on the ground, it's called water. Ashad duwaqan, it is, it's like a heavy step. It's heavy as a light. But, although it's heavy, Although the night is heavy, although the night is dark, although the night sometimes you feel a little bit stringent within the night, however, it is more productive. It has more productivity. But again, productive in terms of what? What do you do at night? At night is the time for thinking. At night is the time for preparation. Your night is the time for planning. At night is the time when you see what is it that I want to do during the day, because during the day is, is the real work. In fact, the next ayah, it says, During the day, you are going to float around. You are going to, sabh like you are swimming. This is very interesting notion of the Arabic. It says, sabh as if you are swimming, you are floating. Swimming, floating means you are going all over. Go all over. During the day, the Prophet وسلم, will be going all over. All over Mecca, around Mecca, you will be talking to people, inviting people, challenging people, uh, addressing the issues of Islam, debating, arguing. You will be doing all types of things, and people will throw stones at you, will beat you, will, will put you in awkward positions. You have all types of things during the day. So at night, if you really want to be, produced, to, to be productive, if you want to produce things, then use the night before. So use the day to propagate your da'wah and use the night for your preparation. And the night is heavy, it is tough, it's dark, however, it's productive. Now, what all of this means? Because sometimes you get in touch with the, what is going on? What's going on is this is a step-by-step -step guidance of Allah Azza wa Remember sometimes you say, I wish I have a mentor. I wish I have a supervisor. I wish somebody tells me how to break my time, how to prepare, how to schedule things. Uh, you really want someone to tell you what, what to do and how to do things. Here the Prophet 
as we mentioned earlier, he has never been prophet before, so he doesn't have experience. He doesn't have a CV that he says, oh, I served as a prophet before, so I know what it is. He doesn't know. He was not a prophet. He was never a messenger before. He has not read about the prophets earlier. He was not a person who reads. So he doesn't know Noah, he doesn't know Ibrahim, he doesn't know Islam. He doesn't know anything about this. He's fresh. So now he needs this time of step-by-step guidance. And here Allah is taking him through the sword in tiny little details. This is how you use the night. This is how you use the day. On the daytime, you have to walk and to walk and to walk and talk and do all your, your business. At night, you stand up at night, you ponder on what I have been telling you. Uh, it is very tough at night to do because you would like to sleep in the Nashi at the water. It is the time where your eyes start closing, your eyelids start blocking your sight, so you really want to sleep. Uh, you want to be close to the bed, especially if you are married, you have children, you have something. You want to enjoy your night, it says no. Although the night is uh, like that, I want you to be protective at night. Use this night to produce. So use your, use your night for preparation. In other words, don't go to the field without being prepared. So that's my final conclusion here on this issue. Don't go to the da'wah field without preparation. Don't just play it as it goes. Use, divide your time into two proportions. One proportion, you perform your work, you perform your activity, and one proportion, you need the preparation. And that preparation needs your energy, your spiritual preparation, so because you need your energy. After all, you are a man, you are a human. You can, you can lose it. You can, you can get frustrated. You can, as uh, the ayah, as we said in Surah Al-Qalam, you can leave like Yunus alayhi salam, وَلَا تَكُنْ كَصَاحِبِ الْحُودِ And this is what we talked about last time, don't be frustrated. There are so many things that can frustrate you. But in order to avoid the frustration, and to avoid these obstacles that, that play against your own emotions, your own energy, you have to accumulate that energy. You need some time. This time to go through the Quran, uh, read whatever you have in the Quran, ponder about it, uh, think that this Quran is from Allah Azza wa Think about this Rabb that creates, Think about this Rabb that he talked to you in Surah Al-Qalam about the, the story of other people. Uh, think about all of these. So get this energy. This energy from the fact that you are a prophet who has a message from Allah Azza wa Get this energy from the fact that you are a man, you are a human who has been created by Allah Azza wa And get that energy from the fact that the one who is asking you to carry this da'wah is Allah Azza wa who knows that this da'wah is heavy and who knows that you can do it. You can do it. It's doable, it can be done. So you need that energy spiritually, spiritually to fill your hearts, your emotions, your brain with this uh, uh, connection with Allah Azza wa connection, connection with Allah means with the orders of Allah Azza wa Because you don't connect with Allah, you are not a prophet or a messenger. And the Prophet is not receiving revelation all the time. Jibreel is not always with him. So he is at home, he is alone with his wife, but he's he needs that time to get into his heart, into his brain, into his emotion, this huge love to Allah Azza wa this huge energy that comes from his connection with Allah Azza wa He needs all this energy, and he needs this preparation 
to understand the implication of the Quran and what to do with this Quran. So here, the preparation that was at the very beginning, and this guidance is very important because sometimes you will say, oh, we just want to carry down, we want to do things, and let's gather. We like it, everybody, oh, we have to make Islam. So we do something, we get a, a small group in the masjid, and next day we have publications, we have all types of things. Look, guys, you have not thought about your issue. You did not think about your method. You did not think strategy. You did not think tactics. You did not think who your enemies are. You did not think what the obstacles are. You did not look at all of these. And then the next day, two years later, you say, you know, we can't do it. It's too much. It's beyond all. You start changing your directions. Just like what we see in Egypt and other places. You have all types of things we prepared. We got elections, we got the government, we have a president. Now, you know what? I'm going to issue a constitution or something that's totally garbage. You have, oh, you have not thought about all of this in the past. You did not think about your strategies, about your methods, about tactics. You, you did not prepare your lesson very well. So you end up in this direction. So you end up either compromising your principles, changing your directions, or not getting there anyway. So that's why he right from the very beginning, Allah is taking this very important section of this Quran to tell Muhammad this being is heavy, this message is heavy, this message needs your light for your energy builder, it needs your light or this time for preparation, for thinking, and it needs your day in You have all day to do your work. But don't forget the night, the preceding night, which means don't forget your uh, planning and energy. And in, in this regard, the light is heavy for you. The qawl is taqil. So you need the, when I said this energy, you need it. How do you get it? وَذْكُرِ اسْمَ This comes the ayah. Because Allah does not leave it vague. You know, I say, when I said you need to get this energy to build this spiritual type of things, how do you do that? Allah says, وَذْكُرْ إِسْمَ رَبِّكَ And I always seem to go the, to the end of the ayah. In Arabic means means complete devotion. The complete devotion. In this da'wah, you cannot have those mixture of objectives, of things in your life. Your devotion has to be to Islam, to Allah Azza wa You have to be completely devoted. It doesn't require complete devotion. Yeah, not many people can do that. But those who want to be engaged in the issue of Islam, you have to realize that this is a full-time work. Yeah, of course, there is the time that you need to get food and to get some uh, for yourself and your family. But then that the food and the family and, and that is part of the tiny part of your life which you need it because you are a human being and you are living, but your major objective, major concentration, major devotion is to Allah Azza wa means devote yourself with complete devotion to him, to him who is he Allah. وَذْكُرْ إِسْمَرَبِّ Going back to the beginning of the ayah. In the translation, if you read the translation, it says, read the name of your Rabb or remember. Now, أُذْكُرْ الذكر 
is not the mention of the name of the Rabb. Isma Rabbik, Isma Rabb. And again here, there is, uh, as I mentioned, in all of these surahs, the beginning ones, Iqra, Al-Muddathar, Al-Qalam, and here Al-Muzzamil, whenever Allah refers to himself, he refers to the notion of Rabb. Not the notion of Ilah. He had it in Surah Al-Qalam in one place, but in most of the, these places, the emphasis on the Rabb. وَذْكُرْ إِسْمَ رَبِّكَ اقْرَأْ بِاسْمِ رَبِّكَ وَلِرَبِّكَ فَاصْبِرْ وَلِرَبِّكَ فَاصْبِرْ وَاصْبِرْ لِرَبِّكَ All of these, when it comes to the notion of the relation between Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and this Allah, this God, He brings the notion of Rabb. He says, in this case, وَذْكُرْ إِسْمَ رَبِّكَ Remember, and this remember in the memory, when you say, especially in those who, are, who know the technology, the computer technology, uh, when you want something to be immediately remembered by your computer, it better be in the cache or in the RAM. Because you know the cache and the RAM. And those who don't, it's be in the, in the forefront of your memory. So it be fresh in the memory, which means whenever, whenever you want to get something from your memory, your first thing comes is the name of your life. So Ulkur means King. That memory, that memory of your Rabb, ready. Because that's what a dhikr. A dhikr is not, I'm saying, oh, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, subhanallah, subhanallah, that could be from your tongue. The tongue is not the issue. The issue is a dhikr. And a dhikr comes from the memory. From memory, memory. Recollect from your memory. Udhkur means, because the memory has two functions. One is to store data, and one to retrieve data, right? Something to put in the memory, something to take it out. So when you say Udhkur, it means take out of your memory. Get it out of the memory. So Allah Azza wa Jal is telling Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, get out of your memory, remember, recollect, retrieve the name of your Rabb, which is Allah Azza wa Jal. And he's using the word Rabb because the issue in Mecca and Quraysh was not the issue of a God. See, Mecca and Quraysh did not have an issue with a God. In fact, they have many of them. There are many gods. Their issue of the Rabb. Who has the right to be a Rabb? Who is the one who legislates? A Rabb, the one who legislates. The one who provides orders. The one who says, do or don't do. A god, to them, those gods were idols. They go and they dress them up with all types of dress and they go and they bring them things and they leave. They don't get anything out of them. And when it comes to their orders, to their behavior, they just do whatever they, whatever they like to do. People, they do whatever they like to do, or the, whatever the chief of the tribe says. So the issue of Mecca in Quraysh and the Arabs, and today in fact, today, and I always like to come back to this, whenever we talk to the world at large about God, Allah Azza wa Jalla, of course, have as many mosques as you want to, to worship your God, Allah Azza wa Jalla. But when we say, oh, but our God that we worship is a Rabb. He no, 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 we cannot accept that. The problem that we have with the world, the problem that Muhammad had with Mecca, the problem that we have today with the elites of Kufr is this issue of a Rabb. It's not with a God. Nobody in the entire history of humanity, except for a very short period of time, had an issue with a God. And they accept, they usually, they accept 
God. Oh, you have this God of the sun? That's fine. Good luck. You have a God for a cow? That's fine. You have a God for the sky? It's fine. God for the world? It's okay. Gods are okay. They are different. But when it comes to Arab, that's where the challenge is. Because if you say, my Arab is Allah Azza wa Jal, oh, that means you are going to listen to him to some orders and you are not going to listen to me. If he tells you don't pay taxes, you are not going to pay my dues. If he says don't pay bribes to that man, you are not going to pay me my bribes. If he says don't take riba from him or give him riba, or you are, this Arab is, is violating my own interest or the interest of the other so-called Arba. So here Allah Azza wa Jal is making this notion of Rab time and time again right from the very beginning and that's what really put Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in an awkward position in Mecca. And here Allah is repeating this وَذْكُرِ اسْمَ رَبِّكَ Just like in Surah Al-Muddathir يَا أَيُّهَا الْمُدَّثِّرِ قُمْ فَأَنْذِرْ وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ The greatest is your Rabb. There is no other greater than your Rabb, Ya Muhammad. اِقْرَأْ بِسْمِ رَبِّكَ الَّذِي خَلَقَ He prayed in the name of your Rabb, the Creator. Here he says وَذْكُرِ اسْمَ رَبِّكَ Mention or not mention for the same mistake like other people. Keep in your memory and always memorize the, uh, uh, or recollect from your memory the name of your Rabb. وَتَبَدَّلْ إِلَيْهِ تَبْتِيلًا And be completely devoted to him. You have no other choice, you have no other Rabb to, uh, 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 to work with. And why? And again, continue with the same shi'a. رَبُّ الْمَشْرِقِ وَالْمَغْرِبِ Allah Azza wa Jal is telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and telling the people, your Rabb is Rabbul Mashriqi wal Maghrib. He is the Rabb, he is the Rabb, he is the owner, he is the owner, he is the maintainer, he is the sustainer, he is the one who rules over, rules over al Mashriq wal Maghrib, the East and the West. And I know many people today, they would hate, would hate the translation or the meaning of this ayah. When you say, Rabbul Mashriqi wal Maghrib is Allah. It's not the NATO, it's not the Security Council, it's not the United Nations, it's not Russia, it's not China, it's not Egypt, it's not Libya, it's not the United States, it's not Britain, it's not, not, not. Rabbul Mashriqi wal Maghrib Allah. Devote yourself to Allah Azza wa Jalla. Rabbul Mashriqi wal Maghrib. And subhanAllah, this issue of East and West always comes back. Today, we talk about East and the West. Who is in the East, who is in the West? Rabbul Mashriqi wal Maghrib. La ilaha illa huwa. There is no God but Him. He is the one and only one God who deserves to be the Rabb because He is the God. He is the only God. So He better be, He must be the Rabb of al Mashriq and Al-Maghrib. And then the last one, and I will leave the last ayah because uh, the ayah on Wasbir ala ma yaquluna wa hajruhum hajran jameela. I will do that next time because this has another main implication that requires some emphasis. So I don't want to. Uh, Give it a few minutes at the time when everybody is, uh, is getting tired. So I will, I will stop right here uh, uh, with this notion and open the uh, floor for uh, discussions, for comments, for questions. Well, I will deserve more here. Go ahead. Can you elaborate more on recalling the name of your rug from your memory? What, what is it trying to um, tell us here? Obviously, there is a lot of uh, yeah. extreme. Okay. Uh, the, the ayah says, And uh, dhikr, you will find so many people sometimes, they 
they make a big issue out of the word dhikr, uh, like in, uh, in the tafsir, it says Qutb. He says, he is not talking about the tasbih, which is the hundred beats tasbih or thousand beats tasbih. You get your tasbih and say, subhanAllah, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. That's not what it's meant. Yeah. And it's not meant that to keep repeating the word Allah, 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 until you become dizzy. That's not the issue. Uh, it's simpler than that. It is... Uh, what comes in your mind, what comes to the forefront of your mind when you are faced with a problem, with an issue? Any issue, any act, any behavior, what comes to the forefront of your mind? Sometimes you are faced with an issue, or you immediately you rush, mentally you still have not done anything. What your father would say, what your mother, or your wife, or your child, or your boss, or your manager. Or your life status, or your money, or your salary, or your job, or, or uh, many things rush into your mind at the time when you need to do something. Here, Allah Azza wa Jal is telling Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, what should rush into your mind as dhikr from the memory is your the name of your Rabb. Make the name of your Rabb is the one that comes to your mind whenever at any point of time because he says means all always. That has to be. Then first and foremost, in the brain, in the memory of the brain. Yes. So what is Rabbi? That means keep remembering. Keep. Sometimes when you say remember, it doesn't really. It has different uh, semantics. Uh, as I mentioned, the memory has two functions. One is to remember, which means to store. We so, say, do you remember my name? Oh yes, you do. Because do you remember my number? Get your phone and say, yeah, I have it. Okay? But that's one. But then when you say, what is my name? So now, you say, I forgot. Or I know. So what is the name of your Rabb? Who is your Rabb? Who is your Rabb? Allah Azza wa Jal. Who is your Rabb means who is the one who can, who has the right to tell you what is right, what is wrong. Because that's the Rabb. When he says, what is my Rabb? It means, Always recall the one from your memory, from your brain, always recall the one who has the right over you, who has domination over you. Because that's what Arab, when you say landlord, he has, a, he has a rule over your home, the home you live in. He can kick you out, he can do whatever. That's the landlord or the lord of the country or the president or whoever, right? So. The notion here is keep it fresh in your memory, keep it always alive that your Rabb is Allah Azza wa That the one today, if you, you, I mean, if you think seriously about this, you'll find millions of people who are in the, in the domain of Islam. Uh, the minute the minute things come to legislation and orders and uh, laws, they find all types of things. Like they, didn't you see the demonstrations in Egypt about the constitution? About Constitution means what are the rules of the land. So what comes to their brain is not the name of Allah Azza wa as Arab. What comes to their brain, what comes to their brain is the people, the legislators the committees, the Congress, the Parliament, that's 
right there from the very, very beginning, Allah says it's your rub that has to be, to be recalled. I have a comment if you don't mind. Go ahead. I just want to comment on, on the balagha of the Quran. On the? The balagha, the sign of the Quran. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the word thaqila, which is heavy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the letter qaf a lot in this ayah. Yes. Yeah. The letter qaf in the Arabic language is a heavy letter. So it's yes. Yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned this. This was uh, something which I had in my life. Two things actually here. Uh, the letter qaf and the letter lam. Both Allah in Arabic, la, like Qalila, Qalila, Tatila, Faqila, Qila. They say this is uh, a long lamb that indicates it's something extending. It's used in fact in Arabic poetry for uh, extending time, extending effort, something that requires things. And the Qaf, which is a heavy one, a heavy one of the Quran. Or of the things, the characters which are heavy. If you tune your ear a little bit, although you may not know the Arabic, it's saying right from the Qom, there is Qaf, Qalila, 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 Unqus, Qalil, Quran, Nurqi, Qaf, Thaqi, Qila, Aqwa. So it's, it comes frequently. And in the, as mentioned, the, the, uh, the style of the Quran, it, it's the selection. You know, sometimes Allah is selecting those words which have this character that is very visible as a sound, audio visible. Like the audio you could easily, your ear can see, or there is something, uh, something heavy being said. It's a heavy character. Because the topic and the subject is here, yes. Yeah, Jazakallah khabaya, that's a very good comment. Yes. Why did you wonder if you mentioned about when the one who's carrying the da'wah, he has to be fully prepared first. What do you mean fully prepared? That he has to know everything about Islam or there is anything minimum that he needs to start? And if there is a minimum, what's that minimum should be? Well, uh, yes, there is a minimum. There is a minimum. The, the first minimum has to be, of course, the, this fully understanding and belief of the idea that you are going for, which is, the, in this case, Islam. Uh, and the basic upon which it's uh, the basic upon which it's built, like the aqidah, your iman, your faith, this Allah Azza wa Jalla. You need that. You need that. Uh, uh, that complete understanding, thorough understanding, thorough belief, no hesitation. So you need that. That's a bottom start, right from the very beginning. You cannot start uh, going and calling for this da'wah of Islam, especially the way it's being said here, this is a whole heavy message. Uh, if I do not have this firm belief in what I'm doing, or firm belief in the, in the source which is telling me to do the da'wah, if I don't have that, then it becomes, uh, I will go for a couple of days, a few days, and I'll stop. I don't have enough continuity. It doesn't mean that people don't do it, they do it, but they do not have continuity, or they have 
direct, uh, change of direction. Uh, but then, more so, as uh, the way when I read Sayyid Qutb in his Qadal Quran, he says, although this aqidah ish one, this preparation, it is important at the beginning, it is not something that you do it once and you leave. You say, okay, I prepare, and then now I, I move. No, you prepare and you continue to be prepared, which means this is not really, it's not like academic preparation. This is some continuous energy building. You need this all the time. So you need the aqidah issue all the time. You need your understanding of what you are doing all the time. So that, it doesn't have to be in phases like, now I do preparation, then I move. Uh, it can be done something along your path while you are moving. But there is, at the beginning, of course, there has to be some minimum. Like for the case of the Prophet وسلم, at the beginning, his minimum was to, to tell him that you are a prophet, you are a messenger. So that took some, some time, I don't know, a few days, few, maybe some of us they put it at three years. And that's, that's odd. They say that Wahi came, Iqra, and then they said Futur Wahi, Fatar, didn't show up again for three years. Some of them put it that that long, but that's that's too hard. But it did stop for a few, for some time. Sometime the, the, the shortest time the Mufassirin put it at with narrations in three days for the Prophet but at least that was a time where he went to Khadija, from Khadija to Warqa bin Nawfal, and he came back and he was uh, thinking about it, then the Wahid started coming uh, so that, so that is the minimum. The minimum is I have to understand the aqidah. Yes. Uh, once I understand the aqidah, then I can start calling for the aqidah. Then you can start calling for the aqidah. But it doesn't mean that I have to understand all the ahkam. No. In order for me to go and start calling for, uh, be, to start calling for the da'wah. So, because so there, there, sometimes there, that when we discuss with the people, there that concept is. If you want to call to be a part, part of a da'wah, carrying the da'wah, then you have to fully understand the whole computer Islam. Then you start going. Or memorize the Quran or some that concept. Yeah, remember here, Allah Azza wa although he said in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inna sanuqi alayka qawdan faqila, it will be heavy, but it's not there yet. He has not given him the entire Quran. And he revealed to him the Quran over 23 years. So until that happened, uh, the Prophet continued to carry the da'wah <coughs> for Islam, despite the fact that only few ayat were revealed, and not much of the ahkam. So the minimum here is to, to have the, the base, which is the command of Allah as a Rabb, that He is your Rabb, and He is your, the one that you devote your time, your objective for Him. From there, then you will proceed. Now I'm I can call for Islam. But then whatever I call for, say the idea that I want to specific target, I have to understand. And then I have to plan for it. Now maybe I'm not the planner. Now remember, the Sahaba, not all of them were planning. The one who was planning Muhammad wasallam. So the one, once a Sahaba becomes a Muslim, he fits in. So now he absorbs or he takes whatever the Prophet wasallam had devised for devised a plan, devised a method, devised a strategy, so the Sahaba fit in. So it's, so it's not everyone, oh I am, I am 
I participate in a Dharma, then I have to go into a planning phase. No, you don't do that. There is someone else has done that for you. Right, in this case, the Prophet had done that for, uh, for the rest. The only time in the in the history of mankind where there was a real issue of God as a clear the existence of a God. Doesn't matter what God was the atheist during the communist party, during the communist regime. So the communists they rejected the notion of God at all. It's not that they accepted gods, but they rejected Allah as a creator. No. That was the only time in the history of mankind, which is known, documented, that the notion of God was rejected on the basis, on the basis that a human is nothing but a material being, and there are no emotions or instincts, so the notion and the need to worship is not genuine, is not intrinsic, is not part of the human. And but then, that did not last for long, even, even the atheists, their period is gone. But throughout the history, through the Greeks, the Romans, the Chinese, they always have come to a notion that there is a God to worship. It doesn't matter who, how, why, the, that concept has never been, uh, has never been debated or rejected. Uh, the, that's why when the Prophet وسلم, and in fact, most of the prophets, when they came and introduced Allah as a God, they introduced Allah as a God and as a Rabb. So that was, there was this big fight and friction. Because when you say, this is the Rabb, and this is the only, now the only, this is the God that can be a Rabb. All other gods are useless. Which means they are not gods. They cannot be even called gods. So that was, uh, the, that's when the friction starts coming in. In fact, in the Kuffar of Mecca, I usually give this example, when they almost gave up on Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, leaving this call for Allah, they said, okay, let's make a deal. We, can, we are willing to worship your God, and you can do ours. You know? Right? This is... Because they told them it's split, it's worship your God. We have no problem with your God. And there is a narration also in the seerah that a man came to Prophet and he told them, Ya Muhammad, uh, how many gods do you believe in? He said, I believe in Allah. He said, I'm better than you, the person. He said, I believe in your God who is Allah and I believe in many other gods, so I have more. So that's so this notion of multiple gods, including Allah Azza wa Jal, it's not a big decisive, it's not a big divisive line between, uh, between the people. But once you start saying, oh, but my God, the one I worship, is the one who is going to rule the land, is the one who has the right to give orders, is the one who, uh, who has this ability to sustain and to remove people and to give money and to take death, he's, he's an active uh, God in the life of the people. Then they say, well, wait a second, we don't accept it. We don't want that. 
that's my notion, and, and that, that part of the history, which I said very small portion of the history was during the communist, uh, they are the only ones who ever uh, publicly, officially, with the state sponsor, where they said uh, they rejected the notion of God.
the calf. Allah is addressing to Muhammad that remember the name of your master, your Lord, the one who managed you. The managed you, Alam Najallahu Ainain. Alam Nashrahlaka Sadrak. Alam Yajitka Yatiman Fa'awa. We did you. We made you. We prepared the air that you breathe 22,000 times a day. We put the earth underneath it. This is what Kurisma Rabbika. It's an idea that gives a complete picture of his own existence. Relating the word Allah to him, to his own body, to his own ability to see, to feel, to think. It's got to be tangible idea. It's got to be so convinced, convincing idea in his mind that pushes him enough to leave the bed, to stand up. In another narration, it, it was mentioned that his feet swollen. I mean, when, when you stand up and your feet are swollen, for what? The pain is real. There's no imagination about pain. You don't have to prove it to nobody. You can fight the world if the world says you don't have pain but you feel it. It's enough conviction in your mind that I have pain. That's why the trade of pain inside the body is the biggest trade. And that's why the oppressors, all they do is trade your personality with pain. They give you pain. They torture you because they know this is the most you can, this is the most you have. They want to extract ideas from you or put ideas through pain. So what Purisma Rabbika is, is, is a big picture that this picture has to have big arms and legs, of course. Imaginary arms and legs in the mind enough to make him stand up half of the night Reading few ayats, but yet few ayats, every ayah can go and make a picture about it for an hour. Rabbika. So what I'm trying to say is, if we say subhanallah and we don't ponder in it, and we don't see the picture of subhanallah, of course not the picture of Allah, when we say Alhamdulillah and we don't see the picture of Alhamdulillah, I thank and praise Allah whom He what? I'm not picturing Allah, I'm picturing the earth now who definitely needs some power to put it underneath me. That's Alhamdulillah. That's Udhkurisma Rabbika. 
Meaning, there's no way for this earth to be underneath me on its own. This is the idea that, the way that makes the idea have arms and legs. When the earth, you look at it, it cannot be on its own. In the past, now and the future, the air cannot be on its own. And he is my Rabb, giving me the earth, giving me the air, 22,000 times gifts of life, time after time after time a day. Even when you're sleeping, you breathe. See, that's why Allah is degrading the kuffar when he says, those who deny Allah, they eat, they have fun, exactly like cows, like bakr, like cows, like donkeys. They sniff air like dogs. Allah is not saying, you mu'mineen don't do that, but it's implied in it. Don't do like this. Don't breathe like dogs. Don't eat like donkeys. Don't walk like animals. Remember, you park your car, you go down, you walk on earth. Remember that you're walking on this earth that Allah said, It's He who put the earth underneath you and made it suitable for you. What I'm trying to say, and I'm sorry if I take too much time, is Make the idea tangible in your mind. Picture that is true. Fact picture. Because that what affects the feelings. True picture affects the feelings. Fact affects the feelings. If you get a phone call right now, your son is in intensive care. It's a picture. It's an idea. But then it moves your feelings, and then you leave and you run. Rabbika has to be a picture that is so believable, that is fact, that is true. Using tangible things, air, earth, water, food, eyes, ability to see, ability to feel, ability to hear. Otherwise, the pain will be stronger than the idea. The struggle will be stronger than the idea. The money that you pay for charity is gonna be stronger than your idea. You're not gonna pay. You're not gonna be able to have patience. Tomorrow, if one of you slap you in the face, you're gonna say, okay, okay, I'll, it's okay, I'll, I'll listen to you, whatever you wanna do. Because your idea has no enough momentum to control your pain. Again, this, this surah is, is, should be a, a, a way how to build our momentum because the next day in the subhan Subhan meaning you're gonna have a lot of oppositions from the waves. And if you don't have enough power at night, you're gonna be defeated at night, at, at daytime. 
Subhan. You're going to swim means that it's a lot of waves against you. There's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of opposition. We have to use our nights. Meaning we have to invest in our Iman. That's why Allah always says, You don't invest in your Iman. Your Iman becomes dead and stays dead and has no arms, no legs for you to even pray right. Look at people sometimes when they pray. They say Al-Fatiha in one nafas. One nafas. Alhamdulillah until Wardalin Ameen. One nafas. Where is the thoughts in it? Where is the ideas? The tangible idea that can you get you get beaten by something. I'm sorry. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran Tafsir, and Sira are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com. 